What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. You know what the deal is. I'm sitting down with interesting folks just trying to gain some perspective, so I appreciate you guys for joining. If you're new to the show, welcome. So stoked to have you here. If you're a repeat listener, also stoked to have you here. If you're new because a repeat listener recommended the show to you, that's what's up. So happy to have that happen. I, I can't do this without you, so I do have to ask you, if you're getting any value out of the show, you're thinking about things a little bit differently, just do me a solid and tell a friend. It just helps me grow the show, and I cannot do it without you. So please, please, please do that if you are getting value out of the show. I do have a phenomenal guest for you today. I'm sitting down with Adam Marburger. Before we get to the conversation, though, a couple quick things. First, big thank you to our show sponsor, Strange Donuts. If you're in the St. Louis area, if you like donuts, then you got to try these guys out. You got to check them out. I absolutely love donuts. One of my favorite things to do is go check out a donut place whenever I'm traveling. So I make it a point to know where all the good spots are, especially at home. And when you are in St. Louis, you have to check these guys out. Every weekend, there's always some sort of cool creation, some sort of delightful, delicious, delectable donut that you can get. Gotta check them out. They have four locations. They're in Creefcore, Maplewood, Kirkwood, and just across the river in Edwardsville, Illinois. We actually talk about Edwardsville on this episode, as as Adam likes to call it, uh, what he said, Betterville. I think is what he said. He said the food's better there. Um, so go check them out. Strange Donuts. Tell them that we sent you. You don't get anything for free, but you do let them know that you listen to the show and we got you into the store. So go check Strange Donuts out today. This episode is also brought to you by Imposed Will. Go to imposedwill.com. Check us out. That's my company. We just dropped our free flow shorts. Go get them. If you do jujitsu, if you like to swim, if you like to do yoga, if you run, if you're active, go check these out. These are the best fitting shorts. I'm so proud of these. You guys are going to love them. Go to imposedwill.com. Check us out today. We are also hosting all of the goods and apparel for the show. So if you would like to support the show, that is a way that you can do it. Uh, if you see one of these coffee mugs that you see, if you if you ever check out a YouTube episode, you can see we have coffee mugs. You can get those there. You can get shirts, all the good stuff. Go check us out, imposedwill.com. All right, let's get to our conversation. Like I said, we have Adam Marburger, hands down, one of my favorite humans to be around. He just has such phenomenal energy and i've talked to him off camera before we've i've talked about this i love his cadence and his energy he reminds me of vince vaughn he's just so charismatic i mean that in the absolute best way um but adam is a go-getter he's just such a, a phenomenal human he's just doing such awesome things with his business and his life and i just really enjoy connecting with humans who are operating at that level so without any further ado let's gain some perspective with adam marburger Adam Marburger. What's up? Second sexiest Adam in this room. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Okay. You just wrote a book. Let's start there. It's been fun. You are the fucking problem. I love it. So whenever I look at the uh, the cover of that, 
it immediately resonates with like a best-selling book. <laughs> How do you feel about that? You know what? We'll see what it is. I didn't write it with that in mind. I wrote it because <laughs> I wanted to share a couple really cool stories and help some people. But uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm happy. I'm happy with it. It's complete. I'm exhausted. And now we're getting ready to launch it. And we're going to hit the road. It's going to be awesome, dude. How long did it take you to write it? Well, I put it off. I started it a couple, well, I started about two and a half years ago. And then I just put it down. Um, you know, COVID showed up. Yeah. And you would think that that would have been the perfect time to complete it. Um, but I played victim mindset and it had a little woe is me. Little, You know, there was a little uncertainty in the market, right? Yeah. So I, I started drinking a little bit more. <laughs> And working a little bit less. So basically, I was in my own way. I didn't get it done during COVID. So the the bulk of it was done in 2021. I started really, really getting jiggy with it in, in uh, September. Mm-hmm. And then I had it done in January. And I, I changed a few things at the end of January. But it's it's now ready to come out. Nice, so. nice. Yeah, 2020 was a hell of a year, right? It was, uh, it was a character-growing year, to say the least. Yeah. I was... Uh, what was it? Maybe it was like a stand-up like little bit, little clip I saw. And the guy was talking about, um, I realized I'm a liar during 2020 because it was saying, um, you know how often you're like, if I only had the time, I only had the time. Well, we all had the time. We had the time. <laughs> In 2020. And whether you did it or you didn't. Yeah. Now what are you going to do? Yeah. I just did a lot of jiu-jitsu during that time. I did as well. A ton of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. We did a lot of jiu-jitsu. We, we, we definitely got our training in. Yeah. Good news is Court and I both live uh, – Less than 10 minutes from our academy. Nice. So he can get there in less than 10. I can get there in less. So him and I did a lot of, you know, last minute, let's get together, you know. Yeah. Kind of sneak in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Were you supposed to be there? So there was a time where we did have to shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the numbers were high and the community freaked out. And, yeah. You know, we did our due diligence and we shut down. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, I want to say it was three weeks, four weeks. We, we completely shut down for about a month. Okay. That's not terrible, though. You know, so our count, Madison County, so, you know, I'm right across the river over there. And, you know, Madison County, COVID exists, like, but it really didn't there. Mm. Not trying to, like, get Madison County. I mean, it's a pretty big county, so hopefully I don't I get, get it. I don't want to get Madison County in trouble, right? Can we get, can they get in trouble now? I don't think I don't, so. That's a, we, we live in a weird world. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Can politicians get in trouble for anything? Yeah. Good. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> so, 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 so in Madison County, like besides Edwardsville, Edwardsville kind of st- stands on its own in Madison County. Okay. Um, um, but you know everything was kind of open. Yeah. You know? Everything was open, so we, we was kind of it's kind of normal. Yeah. Where where we were. Well, Southern Illinois is very at least very similar to Missouri. It's very different than. Yeah. Cook County. Yeah. 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 A little yeah. Different. Dude, that county runs the whole state. It's uh, and it's not a representation of the entire state. It sure isn't. It's uh, if we could carve out Cook County, let it be its own little jurisdiction, its own entity, and let the rest of Illinois. Illinois is beautiful. Southern Illinois. I'll tell you, I love. I'm in love with my little river town of Alton. That's my. That's my favorite. My favorite place in the country is Alton. I mean, it's just majestic. Yeah. Uh, but it's. Still got it. It's still in Illinois. I just, I would love it to be at Alton, Missouri. That would be awesome. Yeah. You know, you get better politics that way. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, dude. Illinois is sick. Have you been to Garden of the Gods? I haven't, but I want to. I've been to Garden of the Gods in Colorado. Okay. Anyway, but I haven't yeah. been d- down in Southern Illinois. I've heard about that place. I've heard about it too. I just haven't been. I think it's probably a little bit closer for you, but not much. I mean, I think it's like a three hour drive. Okay. So it's a little bit of a drive, but it's supposed to be just. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, Southern Illinois is very pretty. 
Yeah, yeah, especially along the river there. Oh, yeah. Muddy Mississippi. Oh, yeah. And I live right off the Great River Road. So, like, literally, like, that drive down to, to up to Grafton, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is. And it's I, gorgeous. There. And I have, when I say this, a lot of people, you know, the, I have a lot of local friends, and they're like, why do you love Alton so much? Well, I travel so much. I'm everywhere all the time. Yeah. I get excited when I land at Lambert and I cross the bridge, the Clark Bridge into Alton, and you look at your just beautiful little town. It's like all on a hill. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Alton is truly a gem. It's it's a true picture of just small-town America, Mm -hmm. right? Just a small little town um, situated on the river. Uh, I mean, you got you got your local joints like Fast Eddie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I may be I may be going there this afternoon. I, you know, I'm thinking about. I called my boss earlier. I said, "Hey, boss, do you care if you know you care if I take the rest of the day off?" I said, "I'm going to go with my buddy Adam Meredith. We're going to do a little podcast. I, I want to shut it down the rest of the day." Yeah, he was a dick at first. But he said, okay. I said, I'm going to go to Fast Eddie. So I think that's where I'm going to go later. You could probably choke that dude out. He's a punk. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Dude, so what's your writing process like? Um, did you, I mean, throughout that, you know, that, that major time in like 2021, like do you just kind of like chunk out time to write or you just write whenever you're feeling it? You take notes along the way? Like how, how do you, what's your process going about it? So I found, and this goes back to 2017, I didn't realize that I really enjoyed writing. Um, some say I'm good at it. I don't, I'm not sold that I'm good at it, but I, I am sold that I enjoy doing it. I re- I'm my own worst critic. So like when I read some of my stuff, I don't even like to really reread what I write, but the process of writing it, like I, I, my heartstrings are pulled because I put everything into my writing. So I started writing small articles and then I was getting them published with some pretty big publications in automotive and I would, you know, automotive news and then CBT. And I just started contributing a bunch. I was like, wow. And I would tell stories along the way. And I found that I, you know what? I like still telling stories. And then I started getting into speaking and I found that I love being on the stage telling stories and sharing information. And then when I do speaking engagements, I have to write my material and structure it. So I just freaking love it. And so I, back in 2019, my life changed. There's a series of really bad things that happened over and over. And I decided, you know, cause I basically was at an all time low, but then I got myself out of it. And so I, so with my story, I felt, you know, how many people could I help if I show them the way and I share some of my past and my stories of how I got out of my own way, how I became self-aware. And so that's where the book came. The book came with, with first realizing that I like to write Mm -hmm. and then I've been through hell and back. And so how many people can I help? So then I started, I started with kind of a rough outline and I started with one chapter at a time just one at a time and I would put my heart into it and you know it, it was just it, it was fun yeah it, it was if I I could have freaking got it. if I would have just not been such a little punk at the beginning of COVID I probably could have got it done in a couple of months yeah. I mean, when I really look but you know what I don't think it would have been as good as I feel that it is because I the the energy and the passion that I put into it I don't think was there in COVID, mm. you know what I'm saying? Does yeah. that make sense? Like, cause I feel the timing was right when I actually completed it. So yeah, yeah. like you had to go through a few more things mm-hmm. to kind of get to yeah. that place to prep you. Be like, all right, now I'm ready to write yeah. this. Yeah. write this book. Yeah, so you're already doing a whole bunch of writing before that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, a lot of mini little things. I publish yeah. a lot. Yeah, I love writing. Oh my goodness, I love it. Do you? I didn't know it. I had no idea. You would ask me that 15 year. I'd be like, write what? Do you write like daily, or just like when it when it strikes I, you, you try to sit down and do it? 
daily I will piece something together to say I sit in front of my computer and really spend time writing. No, uh, I don't daily, mainly when I feel like it. But yeah. then I do have structured time. Mm-hmm. There's so I have to with with my schedule the way it's gotten. I have to batch everything. Like I like if, like for instance, if I know I know next Tuesday of next week from two to four, I'm going to be working on all family martial arts. That's the time allotted for it. That's when I'm doing it. And outside of an emergency with my kids or something, I'm not deviating, right? So I, so I do the same on Saturday mornings. I give myself Saturday mornings with the exception of the last couple of weeks. It's been some family stuff, crazy stuff happening. I haven't been able to for a couple of weeks. But Saturday mornings, I write. Those are writing sessions. No. And those are – and sometimes they'll be planned. Sometimes I'll know, hey, I've got this coming up. I need to work on this. And I'll sit down and put my headphones in. There's a coffee shop. I'll plug it, Mavas and Alton. And so I'll go sit there, and there's something about that room that really gets my energy right going and my brain moving. So I'll just write. Okay. I'll spend time, and I'll write on Saturday mornings. Yeah, so you're scheduling everything. Everything. Yeah. that's what, I mean, it's not a bad way to go, mm-hmm. right? I mean, to make sure that you, you're getting shit done, keep everything organized, you know, when and where you need to be. And then you're like, all right, this is the time I'm focusing on this. No other distractions. Yes. Now, I'll say this. At some level, it's a miserable life, but it's a productive one, and I know that there's a time frame. Like, I've only got so many years to where I can run and run hard and get to where I need to get, and then we will throw that schedule and stop on it because the my end goal is not to live life every single day with minutes accounted for, right? Yeah. I don't want to live that way. I have to live that way now so I can get to where I'm supposed to, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like this temporary sprint if you will for however long that, yes. that temporary moment is but yes. it's like all in until you reach to where you're trying to get to right yeah and then you yeah. kind of enjoy things a little bit more. amen to that yeah the that's question the question is do you ever get to that place Adam? i don't know i you're mean you're an ambitious guy i think so i just think that it's different though like I, I i will always build and create but i have a couple of rules and rule number one is i'm not going to wear socks like i'm going to be somewhere where I don't need to wear socks. Like yeah. I want to wear sandals or some maybe shoes at night that I don't need to wear socks in, but I, I don't want to wear socks. Um, I need it to be sunny most of the time, and I like warmer weather. That's fact, and I'm probably going to let my hair grow. Your hair looks ravishing. I don't think I can pull that off, but it's it's going to be something similar I can envision. Dude, you walk in with this man into a into a room full of auto dealers. Oh, dude, you're gonna have all their attention. Oh, I, I think so. But, my, but they my, might not take you serious. When I when I retire, <laughs> when, I, when I when I get to that place though, my team and I will be serving dealers. But I, I'm hoping to. I just want to maybe play the guitar and go to jujitsu. Like I want to. I just like. Could you imagine waking up? With no real agenda, you know, maybe a call or two you need to make. Yeah. And then grab some acai or maybe a coffee. Yeah. Have a talk with your significant other. Maybe read a book on the beach or go for a little little jog. Yeah. And then go do jujitsu from like 11 to 1 every day. Would that suck, Adam? That'd be great. That's what I want to do. So you're leaving Alton. You're probably like keep residence there. You're gonna be a snowbird. So 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 my my favorite child, my favorite thirdborn. I have a I have a favorite firstborn, a favorite middle child, and a favorite third. That's fair. So my baby asked, and she's my life. Um, she's four, so daddy can't leave. Daddy's gotta be here. All right. So, but when she's 18, um, I mean, I'm gonna have I I will have a residence in Florida, probably Florida. That's the state. Um, I would say within five years, I'll have a place down there. Maybe two to three, but. 
I'll have a house there. Yeah. But I'm not going to be living there the majority of the time until she is. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. She's, I'm going to wait till she's graduated high school, but then I will be in Florida a hell of a lot more than uh, Illinois. J.B. Pritzker, I'm so sorry. Just don't take that personal. <laughs> Florida's the spot, huh? Oh, yeah. What, what about Florida do you love? I just love it. I, I, you know, first of all, I like the leadership politically, and I don't want to get political. I just like there's something about that state that I like the way it's ran. I like the people. I love the weather. I love Southwest Florida. The beaches are fantastic. I just love Florida. Southwest Florida is your Southwest your Florida. Jam. So I spend more time uh, down in that Miami, Fort Lauderdale for business purposes. And let me tell you, I love it down there. I yeah. really do. Um, love Delray. I love Boca. Um, but there's just something about Fort Myers. Fort Myers. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like Annabelle. And, you we know, went down there for uh, uh, in December for New Year's. Yeah, it's a pretty cool area. It's amazing. The beaches are great. The people are so nice. I mean, I love palm trees. How can you be in a shit mood when you can sit on your porch and you got a palm tree? Maybe you got a book in a hand, a drink. A freaking palm tree. How could you? You have to be a really shitty person to be in a bad mood down there. Until that fucking dinosaur comes running across <laughs> your yard, scares that. the shit out of you, bro. I saw that. <laughs> that hey, do you see that? Do you see the world's largest alligator, dude? They, I saw it I, on it was, social. It was massive. Yeah, it, it has like a humpback. They call it like yeah, a, the hump. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, I yeah, just saw scared. that. What the heck? Oh, come on, now. dude. I am a. Fr- I, I'm not a fan of alligators. You know, I mean, boa constrictors. I'm not. A fr- I mean, we'll have to figure that Giant out. Giant bugs. Where. You know, little little geckos running everywhere. Yeah, I'll have to figure that out. I'll have to figure that out. But I'll, That's I'll why they're it. all crazy down there, bro, because they're tough sons of bitches living with dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those gators are pretty pretty wild. Right? Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, just don't venture into the swamp. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, forget I'm out. all that. I think that, was in, that, that alligator was in Lakeland, which is kind of actually like, like, like inner – uh, it's like just a little bit. I think uh, maybe like north of Orlando, maybe. Okay. Like up in that. Yeah, area. I, don't, I didn't know where. It was so at. that's not even on the coast. It's kind of like inner. Wow. Florida, but either way, they got some wild, wild life. Those things are there. fast. Yeah. Those things are fast. I remember being a kid thinking, you know, you could probably outrun one of those things. Or there's certain animals that you kind of view as slow. Bears being one of them. Alligators yeah. being those. But in reality, no, those things are. fast. Fast. I heard thirty miles per hour on land. Alligators. That's I what do, I heard. I, I don't so. know. I could be so far off, but that's. I think somebody said that the other day. I think either way, it's faster than a human can run. Well, yeah, probably. Dude, those things are fast. And I here, I'm not like as good at you as you at jujitsu, but I mean, I kind of know what I'm doing. I, I don't know what I would do with. It. What would be your first go to? You got an. What do you got to do? What For move? an alligator? Yeah. Do you, I mean, how do you, so if they move fast forward and backwards, how quick are they left and right? That's the question. So I, I know have they. To, I know they can kind of turn, but like you know, maybe if I go this way, are they going to be able to get me? Do I juke them? All? Yeah. I mean, so you could do. You could kind of do an air arm drag, maybe then take the back. I don't know where you try to finish though. I, I just want to get away as far as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna do jujitsu to an alligator. Bro? I hear so. I Maybe hear, a bear. So I did some hiking in Alaska, a lot of hiking actually, and I was there to run a half marathon, yeah. raise some money uh, for the LLS Leukemia Lymphoma Society. So it was a really fantastic. Me and my ex-wife. It's something we were very supportive of, and so we went out there, and like I was really searching for how how many times do bears attack people. And, you know, I talked to some locals along the way, and they're like, you know what? They, it doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty rare, actually. You right. will see, by the way, when you go to, you're going to see a lot of things in Alaska. Like, wildlife is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So here's there's a point to the story, by the way. So I ran this half marathon, which that's a whole other conversation. I thought that, you know, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy. I'm a competitor. Like, I don't need to train for it. Well, I will say people that are in shape, you can run five miles. You can run 10 even. But, man, 13, if you don't train for it, it does kind of screw you up a little bit. And it did. The same day on the same race, a black bear snagged up a 16-year-old and killed him. While they were racing, or were the they... same race, yes, oh, wow. yes. And, they weren't and, just like a, somebody in the in Anchorage stands watching. They were running. It was a, a boy who was in the race. Damn. So this kid, like literally, like at first, it was on the news immediately that night. And I'm like, oh my god, because I didn't know about it until I was back in the room resting, beat up. Truthfully, I didn't want to move, and I saw it, like straight up. This bear freaking got this kid. It doesn't ever happen, but it happened in that race. I'm like, oh my god, that's crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, because I was reading with a grizzly, you're done. Like, you can't fight a grizzly. Like, you know, I don't – I mean, Mike Rogers, I don't think, could take a grizzly bear, and I think he's a pretty tough dude, right? I mean, he's a freaking pretty big grizzly himself. That dude will hurt people, right? Dude, grizzly bears have no – I don't think there's anything behind – No, there's they nothing. They'll take destroy. you out. Now, a black bear, I was told, if you if you play good turtle, I mean, tuck that chin, and, and you have a chance like with a black – vital organs. Yeah, you have a chance. But grizzly, you don't have a chance. You're, yeah, it's over. Yeah, grizzlies are terrifying. Yeah, I'm out. Have you ever seen? Um, there's these shows. I think maybe on History Channel. Like it's called Alone. Well, they'll, they'll basically they'll, they'll drop somebody off. This it's a group of them. It's it's I don't know five or six or however many people, and they'll they'll put them in these various spots, and um, they get like ten items, and they basically just have to survive for as long as they can. And whoever survives the longest like wow. wins. Yeah. So either way, dude. These people, they'll get out there, and, and a lot of it's in Alaska. And just the amount of people that underestimate the wildlife, like they get out there. Like there's been a number of times, seasons where, you know, the first night someone's like, I'm fucking out of here. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, they'll set up camp, and then in comes this bear just trotting around, checking things out, poking around. Fuck, dude, can you I'm imagine out. the fear? I would <sighs> make it. I would, I, I'm not cut out for that. Dude. The human body is actually a pretty shitty design in, in in regards to the animal kingdom. We got cool hands and like we can do some stuff, but this meat suit actually kind of sucks. You gotta you gotta, you gotta feed it every day. You gotta water it yep. every day. Yep. You gotta fucking move it every day, or else it breaks the fuck down. We can't even run that fast. We don't have sharp teeth or claws. <laughs> We're not as strong as most of the. Things We're really out there. smart. We're though. just smart. Yeah. We got that. Very smart. We got some good things going for us, but yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty screwed. We I'll, get fucked up by a lot we, of we really absolutely yeah. <laughs> in the absolutely. wild, bro. And I'm not suited. Oh. I am not like I used to watch this show Naked and Afraid. You know, they drop these people off, no clothes, and like have to survive. I, I don't know I don't know like how I could make I would need like a four seasons tent set up with like, you know, some type of a spa treatment for me to make it work. There's no way. Yeah. I mean there's no way I could make it out there. I've got a I got a guy that I do some business with that does that. Like he lay he lives off the grid and off the land and kills his own like it's just insane yeah like i'm like didn't even seem fun i feel like i need to learn more of those skills the world is crazy and at any time i might need to go procure some meat that is that is you've got a point you got a point. I've got a friend of mine. His name is Lance. He kind of is like a doomsday prepper type guy. And like when COVID hit, he was convinced like the world. He was well, ready. He, he wasn't convinced the world was ending, but he's just a guy that super thinks ahead. And he, and I started thinking, maybe he's onto something. 
Anything's possible, bro. This world, I've seen, I mean, here, listen, what I've seen over the last couple of years here in the U.S., I I don't want to be negative. Today I told myself when I woke up, no, no negativity today, but I am. I shake my head a little bit. I don't know what, I'm, Dude, not, I'm not too sold on us here in the U.S. I don't really know. <laughs> Dude, well, here's the thing. I just, I've, I've, it's over there somewhere. This book called Deep Survival, and basically the guy talks about the first half of the book. He goes in deep on like kind of like why different accidents happen, and then the second half is like what are the traits that tend to make people a survivor. And one of the things is is just typically, you know, the veil between what we know as society and then what we know as like the wilderness and nature is so thin, and it can come unraveled at any time. Think about this, like. Texas, the entire power grid was almost taken down Remember that by some cold, not even crazy cold. Up here, we could handle it. They just didn't have the infrastructure to handle it to where their whole, their whole power grid almost went down because of some cold. That is nothing. And then all, all of a sudden, all these people would have been without power. It, it could take almost nothing to be like, oh, shit the water isn't even going to turn on whenever you go turn on that faucet. Oh, yeah. Or it's like, oh, shit. You know, we're already seeing it today. You go to the grocery store. Man, I can't go buy that ground that ground beef anymore. Oh, I can't go buy that chicken. Where the hell am I gonna get it? You better go figure it out, dude. Yeah, you know, you're you, here. You go there. Maybe some things aren't you, you used to get that loaf of bread. Maybe you can't get that loaf of bread or hyperinflation. Maybe that loaf of bread costs a thousand dollars. We are more vulnerable than we realize, dude. Any little change, oh, yeah. could just unravel it all. And so I think about that, and I and I I feel that I need to develop some skills. Yeah, that's why I got a bow. I just need to actually use it now. I just, I mean, really, I just have pistols. Yeah, I got some guns, too. I've yeah. been dry firing, trying yeah. to get used to, like, working yeah. those things. Yeah. You just never know, bro. You, you just never, never know. know. You never know. That's why I used to do office jujitsu in the office format. You just, those are the you best really videos. never know when a, when a customer is going to come at you with a stapler. Like, or you got a mad, disgruntled employee. Maybe your check, their check wasn't right. Well, you never know when somebody's going to come at you and take your back. Like, what do you do when yeah. somebody gets the hooks on? Exactly. Hooks in on the showroom floor at the dealership. Like, what are you going to do? What do you do? Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Office jiu-jitsu, baby. <laughs> I would love to bring that back. I don't think that would be Those good were great. Those, Those were, were great. fun. They were, they, you know, that was, you know, Adam was... I was a little bit younger when we did those videos. You're not in an office like that anymore, though. You're on the road I'm all the, road. the time. Yeah, I can do airport jiu-jitsu. You are the F&I king. That's what they say. I don't know if I believe that, though. What does F&I mean? Finance, Finance and, and insurance. And insurance. Yeah. A lot of people outside the business that I'm like, Adam, what's this F&I? Explain this to me. So, yeah. You know, I deal with insurance. Insurance, baby. Yeah. You help dealerships yeah i just help dealerships yeah they sell they sell my packages. they sell my products so when you go into a dealership and you know maybe you go to a store where oh, they you're give, an insurance agent I'm for insur- dealerships i am there you for go. cars yeah i provide the insurance products they sell out of the finance office and then i coach and i mentor and i help those dealerships sell more cars sell more products help more people retain their customers at the highest level and most importantly we have a ton of fun when we do it and can we mention that you're like the best at what you do i some say that. I really I love it. what I do. I love what I do. Which makes you the best, my right. dude. I yeah. see you fucking killing it all the time. You're always putting out F&I information. You're yeah. always like, who can I meet? What dealership needs my help? Who can I help? We're trying to fucking kick ass and take names. And you're doing it. Well, here's what I found out. Social media, if you, it's good not to share all of your drama, right? I think social media is a great platform. And I think that sharing your personal drama and negative stuff on there is just super counterproductive, right? A, nobody wants to really read that stuff. I mean, some say they do, but kind of, I mean, who really wants to fill their, I mean, negative negativity is not a way to start, right? So I tell myself, no positivity, 
no politics. Keep that to a minimum. I have to do that. Um, try to keep my religion off there, but I keep my business on there nonstop. And the consistency allows me to meet people in different cities. Like mm. yesterday, I posted something. Here's the cities I'm going to be in. There's like seven of it's them. A long list. Over the next several weeks. Who can I meet? Well, I got like five people already in my inbox that want to meet me. And guess what? I mean, do you think that lead is warmer or colder? That's a warm lead. It's so warm. And so that's how I build my business. Yeah, we like those warm leads, baby. Well, the warm leads are good. And the thing is, I genuinely, here's where I'm at in my business, is I don't want to work with people that aren't growth mindset minded. Like, I don't want to work with somebody who's not wanting to change anything, or I don't want to work with somebody that's a negative person. I want to work with positive people that love helping and serving and truly want to grow. Because when I have a dealer says, oh, we're selling 100 cars a month, we're trying to get to 150, we want to get to 200, we're just not, we just, for whatever reason, have been unable to do so. Mm. That's the dealer I want to work with for the dealers like oh, i don't want to change anything let's just you know status quo is cool here yeah i don't really want to that doesn't work well, how do you help somebody get more sales is it because of the way in which they maybe offer financing to their customers so or? we train sales teams also on how train to them in sales? We, we have so within our agency yeah so our agency ascent dealer services provides the financial products that dealers sell out of their finance offices but there's so much more that we do for the dealer we have a lot of value adds. The reason we're successful is because our agency consists of retail ex-car dealers. So I have people in my agency that used to own car dealerships and are very successful at the highest level. And we have a lot of like expert retail coaches. So when we go in, our value proposition is, hey, yeah, we do have the best products. But you know what? A lot of our competitors have some of the best products too. Like the product's a commodity. What's not a commodity is what we give you after the sale. Yes. We're going to teach you how to sell more cars. We're going to teach you how to sell more products on those cars. We're going to create a culture of servant leadership within your dealership that we're going to make the buying process better for your retail customer. In turn, that customer will get happily engaged in your service department. In turn, they'll come back and buy more cars. So we have a, a, an approach on how we really change the culture within the dealership, and it's mm -hmm. a super profitable uh proposition it's a win-win for everybody everybody wins the dealer typically is extremely happy yeah i love it yeah social media if used well it's a tool to be used oh yeah that's the issue sometimes i find myself th this is what I, I have to catch myself i'm like all right am i just stuck in this mental loop of scroll and i'm searching and scrolling and searching because that's what they do it, these apps they hijack your human reward system and they make you search and search yeah. and then Get that dopamine hit. Get that dopamine uh -huh. hit, and they can get you in this this loop of not going anywhere. You're on the on the hamster wheel, right? Oh, so yeah. I, I would have to be like, all right, am I just stuck in this loop right now, or am I being productive? Am I actually using this how I need to be using it, or is yeah. it using me right now? And I got to realize when you get stuck in those loops, because we all do. Like, all right, let me put it down for a second and use it for how it's actually meant to be used. Because when used well, man, it, you can do massive things. I talk about batching. I have eight thirty to 9 a.m. with an alarm every day. That's my social media time to add to my network. So I will go in. If there's a post that needs to be posted, I'll have it in mind and kind of re already created. It'll get posted, but then I'll go in and I will connect, engage, share positive stuff, give something away that's relevant, and add people into my network. And it has to be systematic because here's what happens. If I just sit around and scroll, now I don't hear, I scroll. My girlfriend Sylvia will tell you she'll see me. I'll, be, I'll always scroll here and there, downtime, like in bed or whatever, right? right? That happens. Absolutely. But there's some rules of engagement. I'll share that in a minute. But if, it has to be productive. And I, when I, I do a lot of coaching. 
I don't just coach automotive people. I coach real estate people. I coach people in all businesses, all walks of life. I've got my own other business that I've started. That's a consulting company that I help a lot of people on a one-on-one basis. But there's, and I, and I teach everybody this principle is we get, we get unproductive sometimes. Sometimes we are our own worst enemy where we get distracted. It's very easy to get distracted. So I have everybody write on a card, three letters, and it's I-P-A, and it stands for Income Producing Activity. Mm. And so, like in my dealerships, I'll have people post it like on their monitor or put it on a sticky next to their monitor. And and it, whenever you're, in, when there's a moment of doubt of what should you be doing or should you be doing what you're currently doing, you ask yourself the question, is this an income producing activity? And if the answer to that is no, or you have to guess, it's not. Get rid of it, move on to something else that's productive, right? Now there's, you know, times and places where you can let yourself have some free time and you don't necessarily need to, maybe it is from eight to 10, you give yourself freedom, meaning that whatever you do is your time. Scroll through, scroll on, that's okay because you've given yourself that time for that. But you gotta be careful because you can get lost in the trap of scroll into negative BS that leads you into more negative BS and you made no money and you found yourself in a pissed off mood. So now you're going back into your vocation or some type of a relational situation and you're not able to serve because you're freaking so pissed off, Yeah. right? Yeah, dude. So you just got to be careful. And it's and being self-aware is such a beautiful quality. It's very it took me years to figure it out. But when you're self-aware enough and you can realize what you're really doing and you can say is this an income producing activity and you can answer that question quickly and move on, then you can be much more financially responsible yeah that's so, that discipline yep that's that discipline you had to develop that takes time how'd you develop it i don't know jujitsu i i will say jujitsu everything i do is jujitsu jujitsu everything because trains you jujitsu like my uh mm-hmm. i'm speaking in atlanta at this really big deal in a couple of weeks and my talk and what i'm going to share is it's road to f and i black belt i'm sharing this with you because everything that i do and i speak on in the business world relates back to jujitsu. And I, I look and because jujitsu gives you everything. I mean, jujitsu makes you humble. It, it makes you look at your uh, nutrition a little bit differently. It, you know, you have to, it's not easy. So it's, I look at, when I look at successful people, I like to find like, what did, what is it that you do and that you still outside of work? Like, you know, what degree do you have? Some people say college doesn't matter. At some level, it does, and it doesn't. Depends on what you want to do, right? But I like to see people do things that are that are difficult and stick with them. And jujitsu is that ultimate difficult thing. Mm-hmm. You're a black belt, right? You have days where you probably just, your game's on. But there's days you probably get caught up in some stuff, right? And you oh, leave, yeah. and you're like, what the hell? I'm a black belt. Like, what the hell? It's never finished. Your work's never finished. Well, jujitsu's instilled to me is it's, it's everything I do in life's about progression. Like I'm never going to master. And so I'm always jujitsu's that structure. Jujitsu's giving me that indestructible confidence that I just don't, I'm not really worried about a lot. You know, I mean, like I just, I live my life on my terms. It's just jujitsu saved my life. It not jujitsu didn't change it. It saved it. Like jujitsu is my fucking life, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I you know, I, I know. know, you know, Oh, I know, you know, Oh man, there's, it's just, there's something about just doing hard things by choice and just like pushing your own limits and just and just testing those boundaries on a regular basis because then you just realize oh you're in, you're in a meeting or maybe you're you're having a hard time closing a deal it's like oh this isn't as bad like you're used to harder shit on a yeah. regular basis so this doesn't seem as bad yeah I mean you know you know what it's like 
you know, when you've got somebody that's maybe just a little bit better or maybe a couple steps levels better than you and you're stuck like mounted, maybe it's like a six minute round and there's 40 seconds left. But, you know, that place where you're just kind of suffocated and crushed, maybe the submission's not in, but the position's so bad and it just you're stuck. Right. If you can. And then if you can push through and escape and get out of that. Right. And when the round's over, you didn't get tapped. You got your guard back or you got back into a scramble at least. Yeah. You know, you think sometimes it's perception. Like, we think it's so much harder than it really is. Like, you're so much stronger than you think you are. And that's what jiu-jitsu allows you. You're just in those deep waters, especially in competition. I know there's a, there's a something that clicks in competition where you're just stronger and you're better. Sometimes. Sometimes it's not that way. But mm-hmm. a lot of times it's that, that adrenaline and that you can, you're better than you think you are. You're yeah. so much tougher than you think yeah. you are, too. You know, I just had this thought. You know what jiu-jitsu does really well? I think it helps people define wins for themselves that they may not have otherwise seen. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's times, especially in the beginning of jujitsu, for example, a lot of what you define as a win is, did I get that submission? Did I get that submission? Yeah. Like you're always chasing that submission because that's the win for you. Yeah. But then you realize it's there are other ways to win. Maybe it's, you know, you go with a really tough fucking black belt like Nick Sanders. Like, All right, well, maybe he didn't tap me for that time. Yeah, or or maybe it's, I'm always getting mounted and I finally got out of that, that mount. Or, you know, yeah. you, you learn to, def- so. to define these wins along the process and it, it helps you along the way. Because yeah. it, it, you, you can look at a problem just a little bit differently. Oh, you said that perfectly. Absolutely. It, there is a, so many little little wins. And, you know, it does take a long time. Like, it, how many years did it take you to get your black belt? Like 12 years. 12 years. So I'm a, I've got two stripes on my brown belt. I, I put the gi on in 2011. You know, I put it on in 2011, right? I don't, first of all, A, I don't know if you went through this at brown belt. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But I have kind of imposter syndrome. Like, I just don't feel worthy. Like, I just don't, I feel there's days I go and I've, I have, I'm on. But then there's days I'm not on. And, like, I tell myself, like, there's, I'm no, no more deserving of a black belt, right? Oh, like, you're I'm, close, bro. I'm close, but maybe. But I, but I just don't feel worthy of it, right? But, but it's this sport, you know, it's, it takes a long time, you know, and I tell my students in, in class, like when other people get promoted, everybody has their own individual journey, mm-hmm. but like even each stripe means something like, you know, I see guys that come in and they work really hard. You give them their first stripe, you see their eyes light up and you see how, and you're so proud of them. Like my, my partner, Paul in Ascent Dealer Services, he's a blue belt. Well, he's a collegiate wrestler. He, when he was a, a scholarship wrestler, at Iowa. And, you know, he's 50 years old, and he freaking hangs with freaking 20-year-olds. And, you know, I gave him on my birthday, um, last year on my birthday, I kind of surprised him at Open Mat, and I mean, Kyle, I mean, we gave him his blue belt. So I wanted to, on my birthday, I wanted to give him his blue belt. Yeah. It was the best feel. The, that freaking, and it's a and he gave you a gift, didn't even know. No, hey, it, it's selfish, because the joy that I got out of it, mm-hmm. right? I got so much joy. But Paul earned it. And Paul is, to see Paul, you know, like... Dude, he's, he's not old, but he's older than a lot of these young kids. And you know, even you being a stud black belt, you know, those 20, 22-year-old collegiate wrestlers, they're not easy. No. You're going to get banged up. It mm-hmm. hurts, okay? <laughs> it just hurts. Mm-hmm. But Paul's in there with a bunch of younger guys just stifling top control, side control. He's finding his go-to submissions that are his. It's kind of cool to see that. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, man, especially a guy who's who's older and, yeah. you know – I it cuts out all the excuses when somebody's like, oh, well, I'm too old. Or, yeah. oh, let me get in shape before I do this. Like, dude, I know people who started jujitsu in their 50s and 60s. Yeah. Cut your shit yeah. and just show up. Yeah. We'll and meet you know, where you are. We'll figure it out. And it's, 
it is definitely intimidating. Oh, for sure. And that's why we named Alton Family Martial Arts Alton Family Martial Arts because, like, I grew up at, like, you know, I bounced around and did some MMA and, like, some kickboxing to all these little fight club-type places. And, you know, I spent some time at Finney's, but I used to train at the War Room. And back then, the, the early, I don't know if you ever came over and used to spar with some of those guys Dude, back Fridays in Fridays were the best. Well, yeah, so. Mankey was running around yeah, there? Yeah, I miss oh, that guy. What an golly. animal he is. But old school War Room was just a true fight club, dude. It was, mm, like, show up dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like. You know, if you're bringing your kid, if you're bringing Johnny down there for his first class, Johnny may not want to come back because mm-hmm. it's pretty hard, right? right. And so I kind of grew up in those environments. And, you know, Finney, what Jesse did a really nice job of. Jesse had it, had a very professional ran deal. And, you know, he back then it was in Crestwood Mall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember those days, but you can actually watch. So people got to kind of watch in. And mm-hmm. his deal, I mean, I loved his, his place over there. And I bounced around to a couple different spots. But I'm like, okay, so if, if we're going to open a gym, how do we get people? I don't just want like the best people. I want people that are kind of lost. I, I want people that want a better life. I want people that are insecure. I want people that are like, hey, I've always wanted to do that, but I'm just too afraid to try it. I want you. And that's why we all family martial arts, safe family environment. We bring people in. We are not so serious. Yeah. Court, you know, court. I mean, he's not the most serious guy, right? Uh, but he will fuck you up. Court is 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 pretty lethal. I And that's the thing that sucks, <laughs> man. Like, I got to play a, a game of old man, let's pin you down and play inch by inch with that man. Uh, he, court is a guy you just don't want to scramble with because he finds his way to your back. He's a tough son of a gun is what he is. Court is squirrely. He is a squirrely son of a gun, but yeah. he's tough. But he he just does such a great job. He's great leader. He does. Great leader at the gym. He loves the kids. So anyway, long story short, family environment. And I've seen firsthand over the last handful of years that the lives that have been changed, man, the marriages that have been saved because they got in better shape and started living a different lifestyle, the kids that were bullied in school that now aren't, their acne cleared up and they're in shape and now they're getting the girls or the girls are getting the guys and now they're living their best life and you've got people of all walks that are in the best shapes of their lives, living better lives because of jujitsu. Absolutely. And they're learning something. You know? Yeah, so you opted for an environment that was much more um, – it it's not the fighter environment. Not the fighter environment. Now, we do have Justin Church in there now doing some intro MMA. We do – We our jiu-jitsu program's grown. We're, we're proud that we've got some good grapplers now. I mean, we've got some good, solid blue belts winning some stuff and doing some things. And I'm, I'm proud to be – Connected with, you know, Kyle and, and then Josh's gym. Our, I mean, we've got a pretty good little revive. We, we can all kind of move around, which is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Nice little group of gyms and so, the tech. Yeah. So, the, yeah so, so those that want to compete, it's not that we don't we, – we challenge you to compete. But if you want to get a little bit more competitive environment, go to McKinney's on Sundays. Go to Watson's for open mat you know, yeah. on Mondays and Wednesdays. Yeah. That's always a good room. God. <laughs> Freaking McKinney. I went with Josh. Uh, yes. What's today? Today, Friday? Today's Friday. Oh, Josh Wednesday. He's such a prick. I'm going to get in shape and go with Josh. He's He is. <laughs> and then I won't lose his bed. God, he's something else, man. It, I don't know what. It's like when he takes mount. And, 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 he, the amount of pressure that that dude knows how to put in that position is demoralizing. I Honestly, there was a about a 15-minute window that I almost quit jiu-jitsu Wednesday. Really? Yeah, I was crying. I was crying on the inside like a winner uh, in my car. And I, I told myself, hey, self, do I really want to do this? And I'm thinking, screw Josh. I'm going to I'm gonna train harder. We're going we're gonna to figure something out on this guy. Josh is a <laughs> thick boy. 
Josh is. I, I'm always. Surp- I don't know why, because he's not like huge, but I'm always so surprised by how thick his thighs are. He's he's a big dude. He's strong. <laughs> he's a strong guy. He's the sweetest. He's the sweetest badass I know. He really is. He's he's a good. There's, they don't make him many like him. His dad too. They're just they're quality human beings. Is all I can say about those guys. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good thing going over there. I actually wrote a chapter about those two in my book. Oh, did you? I swear to you, I did. Yeah. You know, those two, you know, they've had such a, a a very positive impact. Like, you know, I've seen Josh grow up from a boy into a man, and just the, the decisions that he's made have always been so sound. And he's a true servant. He's a good he's a good guy. And, and that's props to Steve and Jen, you know, his parents. They're just such good people. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I've traveled. I'm You know, I love going to church. I love going to visit different types of churches. Like, I'm not big into organized religion like and i'm not going to get into that soapbox but i'm, I'm not big into super organized religion i like going to non-denominational type places and i met steve and the first time i met him i'm like holy crap this dude's fire like he's a pastor he's right? a, incredible at what he does like he is so gifted in communication and his level of humility surpasses anybody i've ever met like mm-hmm. i've never met anybody uh like steve so, so yeah, I had to dedicate a chapter to those two guys because they here they helped me and and they helped me in a lot of ways they don't even really realize. Like I look back at some of the dark areas of my life and I remember modeling myself and trying to be more like them without them knowing really. And I just like I look up to them. It's crazy to look up to somebody too younger than you. Not just like two or three years younger, but Josh is freaking twelve years younger than me. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? I look up to that guy. It's yeah. pretty cool. And he's doing some big things now. He's Both good. of those guys. Josh is a good dude. Yeah. I still think he's a prick. And I want to, I got to find a wrist, maybe an ankle. I got to fit. He's been working with me. We got a private set up soon. He's been, he's going to, te- hopefully he teaches me enough that I can freaking catch him. I just want to catch the guy. You'll do it. I have faith in you. Adam. Let's figure it out. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll put a plan together. Maybe we just catch him outside of the gym on the way to the car. I and know. let's set it up. You walk up to him. I'll get on all fours. Behind him, you push him, push him over, push him over, right? Yeah. And then, and then you like mounted armbar, something. I don't know. <laughs> I think that I think we could pull that off. I think here, I know a few people that can help set this up. So let's honestly, let's get together maybe early next week. Schedule a Zoom intro, okay? Strategy planning session, okay? I'm with uh, you. Let's. It could be let's fuck Josh up. It would be just. It could be you know. We'll figure it out. Now we're giving away too much. Okay. All right. It's, all right, on, yeah, it's right. on the calendar. Yeah, okay. Okay. We'll, we'll okay, get to okay, it. okay. Dude, so you mentioned a couple times, you know, you, you, you reached a really low point a few years ago, and um, you did some things to, like, help yourself get out of that. Like, can you, like, yeah. talk me through that? Like, what were you doing to, yeah. to kind of get you through that time? You know, I look back, and, you know, I share my story a lot, and I share it because it's like – it's meant what I went through conditioned me for where I'm ultimately supposed to go. And I think there's a lot of people that are stuck in their life similar to the situation that I was in. So, you know, you go back to 2017 and I, at this point I was married, we're having some uh, marital issues. Um, I was working a ton and I, I was, I was in a scenario where I was making an absolute ton of money. Like I had a really big salary and I was so unfulfilled. Like I literally, this is, this sounds so stupid, but you know, I quit a half a million dollar job. Like I quit a job, didn't even really have a plan. I just was unhappy. So I literally left and I decided to leave and just kind of like make up for lost time. So like I traveled, I spent like three months. I was in Alaska. I was in Hawaii, down in Disney and just really making up for lost time with my kids. Okay. Well, really working to repair 
the marriage and you know I, I kind of I, I looked at the people that I was spending a lot of my time with and I, I, I kind of put a value on everyone I did a real my first time ever I did a real audit of my circle and what I what I found was that circle even though those people loved me they weren't serving me and I wasn't advancing in life with the, the crowds that I was running in so I started not that I you know stopped loving them I started loving them from a distance and I started kind of reaching out to people that I wanted to be more like and I I just really made a decision to go to Sedona and this is where it kind of gets good I went out to Sedona me and my ex-wife and like we we literally for like a week she went one way I went another way and we kind of met back later um, several days later, I met some of the world's most incredible therapists. And I, I, you know, I was a fan of meditation before then. And, you know, I, especially when at the beginning of meditation, it's kind of clunky and awkward. It's not easy to do. And you just got to, it's it, for me too, with my massive ADD, it's di- dismissing thoughts, not easy. Sitting still is not easy, right? So I was already kind of on my journey, but I kind of took it up a notch when I went out there. I met some people. We did some really cool stuff. I did a lot of cool hiking, checked out all the vortexes. I met this woman named Ranjita in this canyon. This sounds crazy, but, you know, we drank some tea. Um, and we, we like, did this holotropic breath work okay. where it's an exercise for 90 minutes where you, you learn how to breathe in a certain tone. And over this certain rhythm over about 15 minutes kind of kicks in and it kind of like an engine gets started. It's kind of like an autopilot. It's kind of trippy, but you actually go off into this deep, like hallucinative like journey. Mm -hmm. And there's this certain music that's played with it to intensify, I guess. But I'll tell you right now, that was kind of crazy, but some things in my past were kind of like brought to surface. And I met this woman, uh, by the name of Satara, that I had this session with her and we really dug into some things from my grandmother and my mom and my my step, just certain things from my past that kind of, I was able to kind of talk about and really isolate and, and walk through a little bit differently. So I had a level of closure there and I came home just a completely different person. Like I, I just, it's not that I was not on a pursuit of personal growth. I was kind of always looking to get better, looking to get better, but I wasn't doing the things to truly get better. That was just the, the, a really kickstart of my journey. Mm. So Sedona, I call it, I, there's a little more detail in the book, but uh, the uh, I, the title is I Got Lost in the Desert. Okay, myself. so you talk about that. Lost in the, in the Desert, yeah. So it's just one of those things. I went out there open-minded, vulnerable at some level, a little bit kind of like, what am I doing? And just freaking came home transformed. I started meeting a couple of people that freaking changed my life. One by the name of Glenn Lundy, Glenn Lundy, uh, super achiever. I mean, this dude's, he was on Grant Cardone's jet a couple days ago. And Glenn, Glenn is a guy that, that plugged me into a community where I got to meet a lot of people that had a lot of really good traits to them. And a lot of people had a, a, a different walks of success, but they had one thing in common. The thing that they had in common is they set their day up with structure, organization, discipline. They plug into positivity. They practice gratitude. They practice positive self-affirmation. They have a, a, a life that is like committed to growth. And so I started becoming fascinated with multiple people within this group. And then I just kept going up to another level, to another level. 
I started working harder, but I started working on things that I saw so much value in and I had so much passion behind it. And my life just went to another level by just doing the blueprint. I talk about this. You've got books. I, I'm looking. There's all these books, right? So in those books, there is a blueprint to a better way. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even a better way. Maybe it's the way or a way. There's, there is a, those, in those books, there's, there's so much information that if you put into practice and took action, you could do some cool shit. But what I found is most people don't put any action behind the idea or the blueprint that they just read that they know works. So, for instance, I started taking massive action in my life. And because I've taken massive action, I started getting really cool results. So now I'm like, all right, how do I push people to take action? And Grant Cardone, truthfully, is one of those guys. I read a few of his books, you know, 10X Rule. And Grant Cardone's the guy that kind of punched me in the face. That like, good, let's do more. Let's do more. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. Work harder. Nobody cares about your financial status. Nobody's going to show up and knock on your door and say, hey, listen, Adam, I like you. You're pretty cool. I'm going to brand you, and I'm going to grow your business for you. That doesn't happen. You know, here's the thing. You, you, you drive down 270. You drive down 270, and there's somebody broke down on the side of the road, and they're standing there with their thumb out. For a second, you're like, oh, that sucks, and you keep going. But you rolled down 270, and there's a guy broke down, and he's pushing his fucking car. You might stop and help him because he's taking action. And he wants to help himself, right? Nobody wants, nobody wants to help somebody that doesn't want to help themselves. And so the book and a lot of these things that I talk about, it's because the reality is we have all of the information in the form of books and people like you, Adam, that are pretty freaking knowledgeable. There's people like you everywhere. And the books are written. People have to be willing to raise their hand, read the book, take action on the book, and call someone like you to say, hey, listen, you're doing some pretty cool shit. Do you mind if I freaking join your network? Right? It's amazing. I sat down with one of my freaking mentors two weeks ago in Fort Lauderdale. 2016, 2017, really shitty years of my life. I found this YouTube channel called Your World Within by a guy by the name of Eddie Panero, which he's been TED Talk. He's got some, he's a big, he's a stud is what he is. This dude changed my life. Like this dude, this dude's been more influential than Grant Cardone, John Maxwell, Tony Robbins, all these other power players. They've been very influential and they have their role. But Eddie Panero spoke words into my car when I would listen to his channel that made me create things and change the way I view myself and the world. So I reach out to Eddie Panero. You know, I could, you know, I could just say, maybe I'll reach out to Eddie. Oh, he's probably too busy. Oh, I don't want to bother him. Well, no, he's doing big things. What is he going to No, 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 no. I knew I was in Fort Lauderdale. I knew he lived in Fort Lauderdale. I sent him a message on Facebook said, Hey bro, I want to sit down. I want to buy you breakfast. I want to get to know you. You know, he said, that'd be awesome. Spent two hours with him. We've got a lot of similarities where we align in a lot of ways. And I told him, I'm like, dude, you have helped me so much. Anything you ever need, I got your back. You need something, you got it. You're, oh, you're doing a conference down here, I'll help. Pro- anything I can do to serve you, brother, you fucking changed my life. So now we have a fucking friendship. Mm. Oh, my God, dude. Those relationships, and I share that, not like, oh, that's cool. I share it because that exists. You can have it. You can have that. You can have it. You look up to somebody, you want to be more like that person, all you have to do is raise your hand. Stroking somebody's ego, you don't just want to stroke their ego to stroke their ego. It is nice to give people compliments. It feels good. You should do that. 
But that person, you know, and you, I'm sure, I don't know how many messages you've gotten. Hell, I know I've sent you positive messages before because you're fucking awesome. But how, how many times do you get a message from somebody that's, hey, man, I really appreciate you. You've really helped me. I just want you to know, dude, you've really, really helped me. How good does that feel? That's when the imposter syndrome kicks in. <laughs> right? It kind of does, right? kind of does. does. It's like, what? Yeah, but man. No, it feels good. Because you're changing lives, man. That's what it's all about. The financial monetary stuff's kind of cool, but it's really a decimal in a bank account. It's really... The, the value of it, this world we're in now, this inflated, weird, crazy world. I mean, the only thing that I look at are, you know, tangible assets. I don't even look at, I mean, yeah, get, get it. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have $100 million in my checking account. That'd be kind of cool, right? And oh, yeah. Money, that'd be kind of cool. Be sweet. But I really look at my, my real estate, and those are things that I own that produce income on a monthly basis. I, money money is a byproduct of doing the right stuff. It's the, a means the to joy, it's a means to an end. The joy that you get from helping people supersedes every everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's... That financial piece is like one of those things. Like once you solve that piece, you can start focusing on all of these other things in your life. Ideally, that's what you would do. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever solve the financial piece. Like I don't know how it's ever a fully solved. But I guess there's a state that you can get to where you create enough passive income to where you can kind of outlive money. Like like that's the key. Because yeah. really, when you die, and I have three daughters, you have two daughters. I have a son and a son daughter. and daughter. Yep. Okay. So, you know, you want to leave them with something, right? You yeah. want to leave a legacy. Of course I want to leave a legacy. But what is that? I, I get, we talk about, I talk about this with certain people. What is that dollar amount? Like, I don't know what that is. I don't even, it's a weird, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Is it an amount or is it just a place to where now that's no longer your, your focus and it allows you to think and divert your energy to other things? Yeah, maybe. I mean, all I, all I know is I don't really, I'm not a, I'm bougie in the sense that I like to eat at nice restaurants. Like, I like good food, but I really don't buy anything. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not any extra. I don't fly first class. I take Southwest cheap fares. I'm not a, I don't drive freaking Mercedes. I drive a freaking Nissan Armada. Like, I'm very simple now. Like, I used to not be, but I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more simple than I used to be. So I don't really need much. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just want to, I want nice weather. I want to. I want my health. I mean, I think health's the most important currency. I want to be able. To, I want to be healthy enough to go for a walk. I want to ride the bike. I want to go to jujitsu. You know, that's what I want to do. Yeah, there's so many things that are important mm-hmm. that uh, that yeah that aren't attached to that that monetary thing. It takes a while to figure that out too, though, because it really it's really easy to say that. And when you're 28, come on, I mean, it's tough. 32, it's tough. But when I hit 40, even my late 30s, like 40, it's like there's man. Things are different. I have to coach and influence my kids. Like my job is not to be like their friend. I have to influence and coach them mm-hmm. to make them better contributors. Like there's so much pressure, and then time's not on our side anymore, right? So you you draw a line, and you're it's easier. I don't know about you. It's easier for me to say no to things I don't want to do. Oh yeah, it's a lot. Of, nope. Nope. Somebody no says, "Hey, listen, Adam. You know, there's a uh, there's a little weekend getaway. We're thinking about the summer. I'm busy that day. Yeah." Well, I didn't even give you a date, but I know I'm busy. I can't do it. <laughs> I almost feel a, a bit of an like an asshole because I'm very I'm always I've always talked about just auditing the energy I allow around me and then just I, I guard my time. It's it's just such a sacred thing to me where I won't let I don't I don't like to let people steal my time. Shouldn't. Yeah. Katie Shear, your friends, you know Jake and Katie, right? Mm-hmm. Katie and Jake Katie they're they're exceptional humans. And Katie Katie taught me this in two thousand seventeen that you can say no. Mm-hmm. Be unapologetic. You don't have to give 
people reasons or excuses to defend a decision that's ultimately yours. If it's something that is not something that I want to do or it's not going to provide value into my life, I say no to it. Yeah. Period. Amen. She taught me that. I mean, I started really kind of looking up to her for that. I'm like, you know, I like that because I used to be a yes. Yes. I used to people please. I wanted to say yes to everybody. And then, like you said, your time's completely stolen from you. Yeah. And you're not making any money. Now, I will say I am guilty of taking that too far to where I'll end up saying you were – at least I'm guilty in the past of having said no probably too much or, you know, giving off the impression of, like, maybe, like, being unapproachable or, yeah. you know, not committing to things because now, yes, yeah, like, I, I valued my time too much to where you don't want to give it. Yeah. It's like you can't get anywhere if you don't give your time. I guess – Or your energy if you think If you think about it as – first of all, if, if, if there's a conflict in your calendar, if it's something – that you're going to have to stress out about, then it's a simple, hey, listen, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'd love to help you. My calendar just, I'm so booked. I can't make it happen. I'm really, really sorry. It's, it's just, you got to be honest. Now, if it's something that can provide value and you can help some people, if it's an opportunity to serve and truly serve and help some people, then maybe you look at it a little differently and see if you can create some space for that, right? I mean, you just got to, I guess it's, it's what is this? If it's going to the bar on a Tuesday night, because a buddy, you know, maybe not, you know, it's mm-hmm. easier to say no to that. What are you going to get out of that besides a hangover? Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude. When I stopped drinking, that was a big changer, especially in this area. If you don't drink a lot, yeah, yeah, it's it's easy to say no to things. I love me some wine and I love me some cold beers, but I just don't do it that much. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I stopped going out. I just don't. I mean, th- there's... How do you have time, dude? It just doesn't work. Do Now, I'm out of town a lot. I'm entertaining a lot. There's a lot of dinners and all these places, right? You go. I love red wine. I'm ne- I don't know if I'll ever stop drinking some red wine, but I'm not going to be. But when dinner's over, I go to the hotel. I don't go out. I mean, what, what, what does a 42-year-old need to be doing at like 11 o'clock? Sleeping. Sleeping. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like if, you, if, you gotta, if, you're, if you're trying to crush the day, you can't be out. You got to get sleep is one of the most important things, but... You know, I I just think limiting going out and running around is not just change your life, change my life too. Do you make do you so I mean obviously we talked about like you structure your day, right? Do you do you set up like a checklist? It's like I need to get this, this and this done in that block Mm -hmm. or or like this, this and this done like all throughout the day or like how do you set up your tasks for the day? In my office I have this huge whiteboard and I have each company and then I have like bullet points of the most important things. I am an old school legal pad and pen guy. I'll never get rid of my legal pad and pen. So daily I'll write down even the, the important stops and then I, I draw a little ball and I'll draw lines through them as I complete the task. And then in my phone, like, well, I'll a lot like little blocks, alt family martial arts. Oh, here's social media. Oh, here's prospecting for ascent dealer services. Oh, here's agent training. So I block it all out. Okay. Do you do you put more on your list that then maybe you'll get done in that day, or do you only put enough that I'm you'll pretty get done? good? I'm pretty good about honoring my schedule and respecting it. I'm happy. Like I definitely get some things done. I typically here's here's how to answer that question. I'm never caught up. Okay, so for instance, like I've got all these speaking engagements, I've got all these dealer meetings planned, I've got all of this going on, and I've got literally. A, a life of just being overwhelmed. Here's how I deal with this. I go to bed knowing that I'm always going to be overwhelmed. Like though, when I decide to slow it down, there's an age in mind where I'll decide to slow it down a little bit. 
I'm never going to be caught up. And that is okay. Because if I'm caught up, that means I'm not busy enough. And I'm serious. I live in this state now. It's okay. I go to bed. I go to bed every single day knowing I got a shit ton to do tomorrow. And that's fine. It's okay. Now, there are certain deadlines for certain things. There's non-negotiable tasks. And those always get done. I mean, I don't, like, if there's a deadline or there's something, I get that done. But, you know, like, there's there's a, I'm speaking, um, I'm speaking mid-May. I haven't even started on that presentation in the Bahamas. Like, I'll, I'll work on that two weeks before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So something might be on your list and maybe it'll just roll over to the next day. Yeah, yeah. And up. I'm okay doing that. Like, but the thing is, there's certain non-negotiables that have to get done and they, I won't go to bed until those things are done. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, man, you're fucking, you're on it, locked, locked and loaded. Wake up with a mission. That's a, that's a, that's an, that's like a valuable way to live. I think so many people were forced to slow down in 2020, like we talked about kind of at the beginning of the conversation, and I think it it helps to realize that, um, like if you wake up in the morning and you don't really have any like aim or drive, it's like what are you doing? <laughs> And I think that forced, like being forced to slow down, either some people took that time to really look and be like, all right, like what what am I doing? Or yeah. what can I be doing? Or they were just like, oh, I'm not going to do shit. And they didn't get any better. But I know for me, one of the things I realized, and as I, and maybe it's just as I'm always like going through things in my mind as I'm trying to build this podcast or build imposed will or just, just like live with purpose every day is that, uh, man – it's very easy to feel lost in this world and to, and to and to not kind of have that aim. So whatever that aim is for you as an individual, it's just it's it's good to have that and to yes. wake up every day and just to have something to work towards. Amen. It, it can be Amen. any. It can literally be anything. I think I know I'm, I was a lot guiltier of 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 this whenever I was younger of where like you put importance and value on certain things. It's like, all right, well, this thing is more valuable than this thing. For example, coming out of high school, for it's probably a great example. How many kids didn't go into the trades because you didn't think that was like a valuable job? It wasn't as cool as like going to get like a four-year degree. Oh, yeah. So Tons many kids. kids, right? But yeah. how many people do you know in the trades today who are crushing it? Crushing, crushing it, dude, and have very meaningful and purpose-filled and big old houses, happy and lives, benefits, and pensions, and living. The, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys doing, gals doing very well. Exactly. So like, people stand in their way. Like, you are the fucking problem, right? Yes. You stand in your own way. You'll place value on these things, and you'll deny yourself possibly of purpose and 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 like an aim in life. Yep. Because you got in your own way the way you viewed something. So it's yep. like anything, and I say that to say that like anything can be valuable or it can be a, like a, a, a pursuit, a val- like a worthy pursuit in your life. Like you can't allow any other person to define that for you. Like you have to a- find what that is man. for you. But once you do, you can go all in on that thing yeah. and just keep pursuing it. Absolutely. And everybody too has, and I, I talk about this, I wrote about this at nauseum in the book that we all have incredible gifts. Like we're all good at something. Yeah. Um, There's some of us that are good at a lot of things, but most of us are good at just a couple of things. Like I'm talking exceptional. And I believe at birth, we were given some incredible talents and it's hard sometimes to, to isolate and identify them. But when you do, and you just kind of go all in and here's the problem, like people are always, 
you're they're looking at Hollywood. And then people like put these standards on celebrities. Like for instance, like I don't give a shit about celebrity. Like there's nothing like you know, if Buchecha walked into, uh, you know, I'd want to get a picture with him over, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Him. You know what I'm saying? Like, that Gordon Ryan, I see Gordon Ryan, you know, downtown St. Louis. I'm like, dude, I love you, bro. Let me get a selfie. Like, that's, a, so point is, though, a lot of people, they, they, they idolize these people, and they realize they're far away from obtaining this status and the wealth, and they give up on themselves because they're not comparing themselves to themselves and what they could be. They're comparing themselves to look at that, what they're doing. Oh, man, they, they just get in their own way, right? And what people need to do is they have to find out just like really think about what, what makes them happy. What do they want out of their life? And put some type of an actionable step in place to just move an inch towards it every day. Just You don't have to run a mile every day. Just, just a little bit better. Yeah. Progress. Just a little better. But the thing is, if it's, if it's just a little bit better, if they're, if they're advancing... And something that they truly love, then it's going to every the joy gets filled every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just you, then you live a fulfilled life. Yeah. And you know what? And success, you said it best. Like, what is I don't even know what success is because each individual has to define it for themselves. Like, mm. success is not broad. What, the f- what is success? There's more people that are super wealthy that are super miserable and depressed. I mean, there's so many people you, you know, people you see it all the time. People have all this money and they just, just, just on drugs, OD, and depressed, taking their own lives, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, insanity, because they're not fulfilled, because we're not working on ourselves, and we're not, we're not doing the audit of the people that we're spending our time with. If we can do the things that we truly love, that make us happy, and then surround ourselves with other people that have a relationship that goes both ways, everything's got to be reciprocated, then you live a happy life, period. That sounds so simple. Sounds simple, but it really is, though. I mean, the thing is, it sounds simple, but it actually really is simple. But the problem is, most of us fear change. That's the problem. Nobody wants to make a change. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And then... Nobody wants to change, and then nobody wants to put any action behind it. We, we, you hear this before. There's not a shortage of brilliant ideas. There are brilliant ideas everywhere. There's a massive shortage of action on those ideas. Yeah. The dream's dead. Yeah. The dream's dead because there's no action behind it. The scary thing is that illusion that you're creating for yourself when you're trying to avoid change, you're still changing. Like You're just getting worse. Are you changing for the better or are you changing for the, the worse? worse? You could do nothing. You're not going to stay stagnant. You're just going to get worse. It's yeah. going to happen, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. It's like quicksand. It's a slow death. It's it's a miserable life, too, you know, and that's why, you know, I kind of ventured out on my own. I started this new company, and, like, you know, Ascent Dealer Services, that's my baby, and my, my, my real estate companies are great. I love them, and my martial arts academy is, is brings a lot of joy with the least amount of revenue out of all my companies, by the way, right? Yeah. But I, but I do it because I love it. It's and, a lifestyle. Yeah, and I started a company, Marburger Coaching and Development, and that company is is truly something that is true joy-filled. Like, that is, that is, that company, my job is to just help people get a little bit better every day. And I got some cool things I'm doing now, and I feel like to my purpose, I truly believe, and I've got my mantra is speak, inspire, change. I believe that I was put on earth to speak to as many people as I can, to inspire those people to do just a little bit more, 
and together we'll make this freaking world a much better place, right? Because if you could, how, how great would it be if we could get people to turn off CNN, get people to smile, get people to open a door for you when you're at Quick Trip, getting your coffee, learn how you doing, you look nice. How great would it be if, if everybody had a smile on their face, right? Not saying that the rainy days aren't there and the freaking guy's going to cut you off or not saying that you're a little short on cash because we're all going to run into that, right? But what if we could make that the 80-20? What if 80% of the time we could serve other people and smile more, compliment more, and help more, and then 20% of the time we can bitch and complain because really that's going to happen, right? How much better would the world be, right, if we could just be grateful, Think about that, man. I mean, that's freaking, I mean, that would be a perfect dream if just 80% of the time we were just in a good freaking mood. Yeah. You know? That'd be a massive shift. Think about the workforce. Think about your culture within your your place of vocation, your vocation. Just think about if leadership, you know, instead of beating people down for the stuff they did bad on, let's talk about some of the great things that you do, right? And let's look at some of your shortcomings and let's put a plan together on how together we can grow these numbers in this segment where you're falling short because you're crushing it here, but you're falling short here and together let's fix that shit. Instead of saying, hey, listen, hey, Tom, you know, it looks like your forecast last month, the revenue goal in bucket A was good, but in bucket B, you you really fell short. You did a really bad job there. You know, what are you going to do to do a better job this month? Right. What, what? There's two ways to handle that. Right. Which way is the more influential way? Right. Yeah. So it's just you know, there's a lot of things that come from your, you know, the culture, your mindset, your attitude, period. So mindset's everything, dude. I mean, the way we the way we I don't know if this may be my psychedelic use or just me just getting older. Um, I'm just really starting to realize just how much of reality is truly created by me. My life, my reality, the world that I live in, we all have power over it. We can all create our own reality. It's not easy, but the thoughts that we have will dictate our reality. If you wake up in the morning and you're in a shitty mood and all you're doing is thinking shitty things and you're just consuming negativity and you're in a bad mood, you're going to walk out and you're just going to see negativity and just you're just going to be frustrated. You're going to have you're going to have a reality that is not positive. It's not good. If you wake up and you start seeing gratitude in things, you start seeing the opportunity in things, you start seeing the possibility in things, you start realizing that the life that you're living is a direct result of the the actions that you're taking, it's a completely different reality. And you can actually build and influence and change the reality in front of you. Absolutely. That is so, it's deep and it's so accurate. You know, perception is reality. We were talking earlier, you and I, before we started the podcast, we were talking about Seneca. Yes. Um, you know, one of his famous quotes is, we struggle more often in reality than we, or we, we struggle more often in imagination than we do in reality. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we get ourselves in these little funks and it's not real. Like you can turn a great day into a bad day with a stupid thought that you dwell on, it turns into some things and some things that never really occurred, right? Yeah. If we can just work on our own mindset, the world would be a better place. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, really, a good, a good mood and a bad mood, what is it? It's a decision, right? Yeah. A lot of people will wake up. I mean, if we could just, that's the key about starting the day. If you could just, and that's why Glenn Lundy on his show called uh, Rise and Grind, he used to have this show every morning and he used to bring some really incredible host on there like Ed Milet, uh, Grant Cardone will come in and speak, just some really positive, influential people. But it all starts with how you start your day 
will be a reflection of how your day goes. Like, so if you wake up hungover, not really having any clue what you want to wear, where you're supposed to be, you're going to be behind all day. You know, if you wake up with some structure, some organization, you start your day with filling your mind with positivity. That's the key. Before you pick up this phone and go into your little check and notifications, like you don't want to serve somebody else. When you wake up, we have to serve ourselves. I praise God, and then I serve me next. And yeah, maybe you got to turn the phone on to get to your, uh, you know, whatever you're going to listen to or go to your, uh, your YouTube or whatever that is. Like for me, I talk about Eddie Panera. I'll start my day, maybe a little Your World Within. 15 minutes of some incredible thought-provoking, heart-tugging, get your mojo going. So now, how many people can you help? Right. If you fill yourself with positivity first, you're gonna have a free, freaking good start to the day. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, and it, it sounds. You talk about it simple. It's so simple to do that. Simple is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a concept that I think most of us are pretty familiar with in science is that an object in motion will stay in motion. Um, it, you know, and that can it, it applies directly to what you're saying. Like, how do you start your day? Are you starting your day? putting yourself in motion in a positive way because like once you start that momentum it just it'll carry you oh yeah and it's easier to build upon right but if you're if you're just sitting there now it takes a lot of force to get that object to move right if, if, an, if an object is is not moving it has to have a lot of force to create to move so if you're just sitting on the couch and you're just scrolling and you're not actually um you know like like pushing yourself to move forward you're just going to sit there and it's going to be that much harder and then one day turns into two turns into three turns into a month and it's like fuck dude now you're sick now you're, you're unhealthy you're you can't walk and you know that's that's what happens too yeah. here john maxwell one of my favorite leadership coaches he's he's incredible he talks about the law of momentum the big mo i mean momentum is uh, outside of compound interest i think it's the most powerful force in the universe momentum is you know i had a a, a recap meeting with my team at ascent dealer services yesterday and i I talked about momentum. I'm like, here, you know, it's talking about Matt. I go, I was telling Vitaly down in Florida, use Matt's momentum. Just because you just didn't sign two deals, which actually Vitaly did, but just because, use this as an example, just because you didn't sign two deals, well, Matt did, ride his momentum. As a team, we need to share the momentum. We're on a freight train, guys. Let's freaking run. And that's what I share. Momentum is such a powerful force. I mean, you start going and going, you keep going. You sit and stop. You sit there. You stay there. Yeah, bro. Dude, when are you running for the mayor of Alton? Oh, I'm scared of that. You know what? I uh, I ran into my buddy Brant, who was the ex-mayor of this week, and we were kind of chit-chatting. I was walking out. A gentleman overheard us talking, and he said the same thing. He goes, Adam, you should run for mayor. I go, there's a couple things about that. A, would I freaking be incredible at it? I think I could because I think I could instill some leadership in that community and really push and drive things. I've got some ideas. We'll talk about that at a later date. But the second part of that, though, is really would it be worth it? You know, I, I like the idea of doing a civic duty. Like, I would never want to be a politician. I would want to serve my community, and that's why I would potentially look at doing that in the future. But I wouldn't want to get caught up into the politics. I don't want to be a politician, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I want to help and serve my community, and that's it. Well, you're already a community leader. It would just be like an official capacity. Yeah. It just seems so natural given your passion for your community. Yeah, and, it, and it's not off the table, but here's the thing. Am I, am I willing to deal with the drama that comes with it? Do I want to really have to explain myself for things that I did 20 years ago, right? Do I want to really have my kids be scrutinized? Because I'm not trying. I, don't, I want to serve, 
but I'm also a good servant and silent too. You know, like mm-hmm. there's some things I do in my community nobody even knows about. I just kind of, I'm good. And I believe you're supposed to give in private. And I like to do that. But unfortunately, to really make real change, you got to step out in public. Yeah. Right? If you want to really do some things, you you got to kind of step gotta out. Put yourself public. out there. You got to put yourself out there. So the question is, am I willing to deal with the BS that could come along with that? I don't know. Yeah. Only time will tell. I mean, you're doing a lot of it already. Yeah. Like you put yourself out there on a regular basis. It seems like from what from what I'm seeing and hearing, I mean, you're, there's this huge push towards your your coaching business, yes. right? Yes. Obviously, like like you know, you've done the real estate. What is the real estate market even looking like right now? It's so so it's I can't so, buy anything. I'm trying so to buy. Crazy. You can't you buy, buy shit. There's you no can't, inven- buy you can't buy anything. There's no inventory. I'm sitting still. I'm trying to get capital. You got massive investors coming in, scooping shit up. I just I'm sitting still until we see what. Ha- I don't know what's going to happen. At some point, something's going to fall out, and there'll be an opportunity to purchase. But right now, they're the, everything's trading so high. The inflation's not just crushing the automotive industry that I'm in. But it's crushing the real estate industry. You know, I haven't raised any rents. My rents are, are the same. And we have all, we right now, I think we're pretty close to 100%. Like we have everybody, every property filled right now. Which so that is brings good. your margins down though, because yeah. prices are going up and you're prices not. Prices taxes. Man, I live in Illinois. I've got a lot of real estate in Illinois and these taxes keep going up. It's it's tough. I mean, it really is a difficult, vulnerable market right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you're in that industry, obviously the automotive industry. Um, it seems like, you know, there's a big push now towards, like, just helping and building community. Yeah. I, um, I love being involved in the community. Ascent Dealer Services is my baby. It really is. That That is a company that I put, I will tell you, I put most of my energy. Is that your number one company? That's my number one company. Marburger Coaching and Development is a side company that I built that I'm going to be selling books out of, writing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be speaking. I've got a lot of things I'm doing coming up on speaking. Uh, I'm doing a lot of online coaching, small groups. I mean, I've got a lot of a podcast and things that are going to tie into that business. But that business is going to come second to Ascent Dealer Services. That's always going to be my baby. So as so, I'm glad you said all that, right? Because I wanted to kind of talk about the podcast a little bit because that's it, it seems like there's a huge opportunity for that to, to kind of flip, and and that become your thing as it grows, as the podcast grows, as speaking grows, as coaching grows. Yeah. You know, maybe hosting uh, seminars, different things like that could be a very yes. big thing. I just yes. I just see it. I see it too. I, I see I, it. I see it because I love. I want to celebrate. I got an idea. Uh, for my community and I, I, I've got some things written but I got an idea of putting together like a community like wake up Riverbend and like start a morning show have it you know I don't know if I'd want to do it every day it'd be kind of cool if I could but I just don't think I'd be able to commit to it, do it every time day. Commitment. yeah but maybe one day a week maybe Monday mornings and and celebrate a new business owner and the community have them come in and they could they don't have to be maybe a business owner but a leader so a, a leader in the community, bring them in, celebrate them, get to know them, interview them, see how I can serve and help and share the good news with the community. I, I want to plug into Alton businesses, Godfrey, Alton, even Wood River and East Alton and Bethalto, just that little area. I'm not going to leave Edwardsville out of it. Better, I call it Betterville. Everything, <laughs> food's better in Edwardsville. Uh, but but my local, I'm, I'm an Alton Godfrey guy. That's where I'm at. But I really am looking forward to doing some of that. Yeah, dude, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd yeah. be real, real cool. So it'll be like a, like a, like a, like a short, like thirty minutes, probably segment, a thirty, forty-five minute segment. Talking to yeah. them, highlighting them. Just... I, I, the idea would be to start it off with some, well, like a lesson. Every day would yeah. be we're going to talk about a subject, and I want to just share some relevant information that will help people start their day yeah. in a positive light, and then 
interview somebody new in the local community. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think it's kind of cool for people to want to be like, I don't want to be in it. Like, I'm not trying to be somebody. Like, I'm not trying to make, I have a people, like, I don't want to make it, I don't even know what big is. I want to do something to serve my community. I'm not thinking, yeah. I'm not thinking about like going nationally or globally. I just want to stay in my community. Right, Dude, I want to make a difference there. Absolutely, social media <clears throat> I think has shifted this the way that we think. Where we're always trying to go global and national, like everything has to be big. And if you say it's it's almost a frowned upon thing, kind of, or maybe it's just me, my perception of where it's like, oh, it's just local. You're just local, but you can do so much more and have so much value in local. Yeah. I've actually kind of shifted where, of course, I want to get. I want to sit down with big people across the country, across the world. And but you have. But I'm really, I've really focused in. I've actually gotten feedback, which lets me know I'm doing a good job of like, I've really focused in on on attacking this local scene of St. Louis and like making this my yeah. kingdom, if you will. I love the idea. You know, what I mean, you can go so deep in such a small area and make massive change. I think it was Seth Godin who was talking about if you just have a hundred just dedicated fans, you become a millionaire. Just yeah. off a hundred people. Yeah. I think most of us have 100 followers that you can actually get access to pretty easily yeah. on social media. Just think about if you just went all in on, on the things that are <clears> immediately <throat> around you and the people that immediately love you. Like how much you can do. Which you can is do a lot. Being local. You can do a lot. You can make a really big impact on the people that matter most. Yes. If you that's think of, that's I mean, the biggest thing about you. You're, you're, so, you're so tuned in to your community and the people around you that I draw, I draw a lot of inspiration from that. Because you're just you're just yeah. all in I love on, my on, on the community. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love it. I mean, here the thing is too, when you're proud of your community, you know, when you're truly proud of it. Like, I mean, I'm just really, like, I didn't see the beauty in Alton and Godfrey until probably six, seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, thirty somewhere. Yeah, you know, because like it was just home to me, and you know, I couldn't wait to go on vacations. And like, I think we were talking earlier about, you know, I travel so much that when I look at my calendar and I see a week where I'm home, I'm so happy. A lot of people like they get so excited to go on a vacation, like they, they're you know they get super jacked to go out of town, right? Well, I get that jack, that same feeling that most people get to go on a vacation. I get that same feeling to be home. When I see I'm home for the entire week, I'm freaking super happy because then I know that I'm getting to go to my local restaurants that I love to go to. I'm getting to go to my academy. I'm with my daughters. I'm with my friends. Like that, I love it here. Like you see the beauty and the charm too. Like there's no, and I mean I'll say this with conviction in the st louis metropolitan area there's some really cool areas and places but there's not a lot like that great river road you, you and there's the cool things outside of fast days which fast studies is world famous it's awesome yeah. right it is awesome but you know you get down to, to grafton that's like the key west of the midwest Grafton awesome. is freaking awesome like there's if you can't have a good time or you're in a bad mood there you suck as a human we like the areas Aries, oh, beautiful. So awesome. It's one of the best views in the Midwest, they say. That just Amazing. view up there. Beautiful. So so I love my my hometown. I it's beautiful to me. The restaurants are freaking great. The people are great. There's no traffic. There's not a lot of drama. Yeah, is there some crime? It's no different than any other place. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I'm a I'm a pretty big home fan. Yeah. Dude, within the last maybe year or two, I've grown to appreciate St. Louis and the Midwest and Missouri as a whole. Because when you look at all the people who are fleeing New York and fleeing California and, and just all the craziness in the different areas around the world, we're actually a pretty cool spot right here. Yeah, we are. You know, it's it's um, 
the people are cool. At least in St. Louis, we have a phenomenal restaurant scene. We have um, a great restaurant there's scene. There's a lot of opportunities. Very affordable. It's beautiful. It's a little bit different on your side of the river yeah. as far as taxes. Oh, but, yeah. I mean, shit, you know, you look at some of these other places and this, you know, Missouri's not look so bad. St. Louis I love is, it. I, I, I am a huge fan of Missouri. Uh, St. Louis is fantastic. It's a beautiful city. You know, there's some pockets where, you know, the crime could be, you know, the city's struggling in certain areas. Oh, but for sure. There's so much opportunity. And if you want to, you can build a nice life for yourself from a financial standpoint here. You can get a lot of house for the money. You can get a lot of house for the money here. Um, you can fly anywhere out of Lambert with convenience. Like, I fly direct almost everywhere I go right out of Lambert. So, I, I mean, it's from, from a travel standpoint. From a, a weather standpoint, it's not that bad. I mean, yeah, does it get cold from January to March? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rough. The summer's pretty brutally hot, but you know what? They're pretty hot a lot of places. You know, I love it here. I mean, I wouldn't oh, change yeah. it. I would. I love it here. It's a nice little pocket. I mean, we're not getting hit. So you talk about Florida. You will get hit with a hurricane when you live in it's, it's not if, it's, it's inevitable. Wind. It's yeah. when it does happen. It's somewhere worse than others. We don't really get that bad here. I mean, yeah. maybe some tornadoes here and there, but it's not that bad. We're not getting hit with earthquakes. I'll have to be coming back. When storms it's, come, it's, I won't be nice one of those. It's gym, baby, yeah. right here. I, I know, but, you know, I, I think <laughs> I think I see myself being one of those that, you know what, about October, November, you know, maybe after Thanksgiving. See you guys. I'll be in Florida. 100%. For me, it was Austin. I went to Austin for the first time maybe four or five years ago now. I Great place. I fell in love with that place. I went four times that year the first yeah. time I went. I'm like, man. And then now everybody's going there. It's kind of like that in Florida, too, though. There's yeah. a massive exodus of people who just f- went to Florida. Yeah. That changes things, too. It makes real estate harder to get. Oh, yeah. Everything's more expensive now. It's more crowded. It's like, man, is the infrastructure even able to support this many people? A lot of issues yeah. come with that. That's Boy. why I'm just like, man, this little gym right here. It is nice. Because everybody's also f- floating to Texas. A lot of yeah. people are going to Texas. Texas and Florida, are, that's where everybody wants to go. I mean, everybody here, you go gotta there. you got to look at New York. Facts are facts. This isn't a, a political statement. But when you look at uh, California, Illinois, New York, those you see how those places are ran and who's running them. It's, it's, it's a, they're dreadful states that people are fleeing. People are fleeing out of those states. And it's for you know the reasons why. Yeah, so. yeah, dude. So yeah, I've just I've just grown to really appreciate this little little small town, slower vibe. Oh yeah, it's like man, let's just keep it a it's pretty chill. I like it here. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Adam, dude, we're coming up on an hour and a half, man. Oh my god. I know. Hour and a half, really? Yeah, bro. Dang, bro. I want to be respectful of your time. Um, let's wrap it up. Tell the people what you got going on in your life. Anything you want to tell them about? No, I mean here, if if people want to follow me, I'm pretty easy to find. Just just. Google my name. It'll take you to where you need to find me. I mean, I'm doing a lot of speaking. I'm doing a lot of one-on-one coaching. The book releases happening April 5th. Um, I'm all over the place. I love connecting. I say this. If you're a growth mindset type of person, I like to connect with you. You know, I like connecting with, with people that have positive energy. And that's you do, my friend. Yep. Same to you, bro. Awesome. All right. That's it. Right? Got it? Cool. Got all right, it. everybody. Till next time. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. As always, if you're getting value, just do me a favor. Tell a friend, bring us a new friend for the next episode. I will be eternally grateful if you do. That's all I have, though. Just keep being rad humans. We'll be back very soon with another conversation. I'll catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Mwah.